1: Hey, what is up everybody welcome inside the guilty as charged podcast my name is steven i am your host uh big chase daniel fan this week i guess uh coping season is officially upon us um but uh, excited to dive into everything as we kind of wrap up our preview coverage of the chargers and jaguars game with my guys tyler and alex alex we'll start with you man i know it's been uh, an emotional 24 hours with all the justin herbert news with federer and it all kind of suiting up for the last time I'm not even a tennis fan, and that made me emotional. So, uh, you know, how are you feeling about that and how are you doing today?
2: Uh, the, the tears are all out of my system, but I need to get them <laughs> back in my system when Chase Daniel can't throw a fucking out route tomorrow. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we do the schedule thing every year in May where we pick all the games and we go, oh, that one, that one's an easy win. And of course, we're sitting here talking about Chase Daniel potentially playing against the Jaguars because that's football.
1: Yeah man it's uh you hate to see the injury report uh the way that it is today and uh you know I guess it takes solace in the fact that the Chargers are not the only team dealing with a ton of injuries I guess if if you're into that kind of thing misery misery uh, has some company I guess but uh Tyler what's up man how are you doing today
3: I'm doing very well today, but if we lose, I swear to God, I'm going to set off a nuclear reactor (laughs) in the middle of (laughs) the It just means more
1: in Salt Lake City, Utah. What can I say? (laughs) Apparently
3: Uh, it does.
1: No, it was was really funny. People were like tagging me on Twitter. Like, is this your cousin? Is this your sister? (laughs) Like, what's going on? (laughs)
3: <laughs> I mean, was it?
1: No, no. Um, I can promise everybody that the nuclear reactor that this person was talking about is not active. So uh, it was a, a Cold War relic, I guess. But, uh,
2: I, I, I will see. set off a nuclear reactor if Rutgers doesn't cover the spread against Iowa today. <laughs> Oh, That's they're playing totally Iowa? What, I mean...
3: Yeah, what's the projected scores for both it's What's the over-under there, like 22 I, I,
2: points? Yeah, prob- probably like five points. I think Iowa's like a, a seven-and-a-half point favorite. I don't know.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh.
2: Iowa's <laughs> offense, man. It's, it's atrocious.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, as I said, we are going to finish up our uh, coverage of this upcoming Chargers and Jaguars game. Unfortunately, we do have a lot to talk about from an injury perspective. So that's where we are going to start today, of course, talking about Justin Herbert first and foremost. Um, So he's had uh, basically an on and an off day. Uh, They were kind of alternating this week through on Tuesday. Uh, There was, of course, that uh, tweet from uh, Bridget Condon, I think her last name is, Uh, the NFL Network reporter who's covering the Chargers this year, uh, said that she had a source that he looked really good and looked like his usual self on Tuesday. He did not throw on Wednesday, but he did participate in practice. He participated in practice on Thursday and did throw and then did not practice yesterday. So they have reiterated that uh, they are going to wait until the very last minute to decide uh, Justin Herbert's status. Basically, he's going to work out on Sunday, and if he is able to go, or I guess that's tomorrow, if, the, if he is able to go, I assume that's when they will uh, give him a... <laughs> A shot which is is a great it's a it's a great thing Chargers quarterback in uh, getting a mm-hmm. shot in the ribs so it should be fun um so theoretically there's still a chance that he plays I know that yesterday there was a lot of uh conversation about the Vegas line moving from chargers minus seven and a half to chargers minus three and how that kind of indicates that Herbert probably isn't playing uh but Tyler what do you make of of Herbert and his status this week do you buy that he are you leaning more towards the Vegas side of things? Do you buy that he's a true game-time decision? What are
3: you, Where's your head at in terms of Justin playing, uh, playing against the Jaguars tomorrow? I don't really buy that it's a game-time decision. If this is something that's not going to be healed in the next two weeks or whatever, then the difference between Monday and this coming Sunday, what is the difference? I don't really think there is, unless I think it's worse for some reason. Yeah. Um, so I don't really believe that he's a game-time decision. I think they know what they're going to do at this point. Um, Yes, Chase Daniel is taking all the first-team reps after Monday or whatever it was, but I don't really see why Herbert would have to. Like Staley said himself, they wanted to see how it worked for Herbert, how he Mm. felt, how he felt after practice, how he felt the next day, but that was it. I mean, he sat in the entire preseason, so it's not like he needs to see these reps, and there's no reason why Chase Daniel shouldn't be getting some of these reps just in case. Um, Haha, just in case. God, I hate me. (laughs) The Lordy. Nice, nice. That said, I, I do think that i do feel like justin herbert will play that's just kind of how i feel about this um people are skeptical i know sean merriman's like yeah maybe not so much i know brentley weissman the former charger scout was like i don't think he plays on sunday so maybe i'm just overly optimistic and trying to cope with this whole situation but i think he does play now that does not mean that he goes and throws 40 passes i think people are forgetting that like he can go out there and well hopefully not throw 40 passes i do think they'll script enough things around him to make it easier i hope um so i do think he is out there i just think they have to understand that he's not 100 and he isn't
2: there's no way yeah. Alex, your thoughts there yeah i mean this could be the chargers playing mind games um i just feel like if you're having chase daniel take the first team reps on friday then that kind of tells you where things are i think that they're probably planning on giving him this one off and then seeing where he is against houston um the following week but there's always some kind of chance he plays maybe he wakes up today or tomorrow and certainly you know feels a lot better or you know the treatment or shot he's taking you know takes kind of some effect um but yeah no i just the on and off throwing all week the vegas line moving i just don't think things are are looking good for him playing at this point
1: yeah i can certainly i'm kind of in the middle there um, you know, of course, there's comments from his teammates. I know Keenan Allen said that he expects Justin to try and push and play to push to play this Sunday. Um, Austin Eckler, as Jared points out, said on his Twitch stream and uh, on the Eckler Eckler's Edge, I think it's called, with uh, you know, the Yahoo Sports, Yahoo Sports podcast that he's Army. doing. Um, he expects Justin to play. And then, uh, as Frank points out, Joey Bosa yesterday said he, he thinks that Justin is going to try and push to play but he thinks that he shouldn't. He thinks that he should be safe. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I'm i kind of in the middle here where I think that he's going to try to play, right? Like I think his him going back in that game last Thursday night kind of shows where his mentality is at. And of course, you know, there's an argument being made there that's like it's adrenaline and you're in the moment of that game that it's maybe easier to kind of manage that pain while it's happening as opposed to you know the next couple of days where you're just super sore and obviously resting and stuff like that so i lean toward his lean towards him playing but i don't feel good about it like i think this is legitimately like a 50 50 chance of him playing um just based off of how i feel like he is going to approach this so mm-hmm. i could see the team trying to like hold him out i think ultimately for justin that might be more beneficial but I think Justin is going to try and push to play. And Brandon said, he said that they're going to listen to him and that's going to be kind of the catalyst of how they ultimately make
3: that decision. That's the thing that he, like you said, he was out there Thursday and yeah, it's probably very difficult to switch to chase Daniel and try to make this game winning drive and there's adrenaline. So I'm sure Herbert's, you know, getting through it. And I mean, it kind of worked. They did score. Um, but yeah, I, I think if it's up to Herbert and I do believe it is up to him, he'll be out there. And I think he would want to push to be out there. So I, again, I think, 50-50, like you said, but I do think, okay, 51-49. I think Herbert <laughs> is out there. Yeah. Um, all right. So
1: we talked on Tuesday about like what the game plan should be if Justin plays and is just really kind of not healthy. Of course, we have to talk about the alternative option today with Chase Daniel potentially starting, uh, taking the all of the first team reps this week, which to me is more about managing Justin's health. But um, you know, I said this yesterday on Twitter to me, like if I'm the offensive coordinator coaching with Chase Daniel and a banged up offensive line, we will talk about Corey Lindsay and Trey Pipkins in a second. I'm just going to big pen the shit out of this and just heavy personnel four tight ends, just run the ball 40 times a game and just make sure that Chase Daniel does not lose you the game, which is his primary job is to come in and manage the game, run a clean operation. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think they'll probably try and run the, the same script as usual, obviously with like a less dynamic quarterback. And, you know, they're not probably not going to call the uh, extended um, deep shots that we see from Mike Williams and stuff like that very often. Um, but to me, I understand that everybody kind of looks at the way that the Chargers have run the ball the past couple of games, and I get that. To me, I'm just doing everything possible to make sure I get that run game going. And if that means I have to give Storm Norton, Jamari Sawyer in there and run seven offensive linemen out there, like I'm gonna do it. So um that's just where my head's at. I just think the Chargers with Chase Daniel have to muddy this game up, keep the positive keep the game script positive. Don't let the Jaguars get out to a lead and force Chase Daniel to pass. Cause that really was what did the Colts in last week is they they got out to a 17-0 lead, and it was like, well, we can't run the ball with Jonathan Taylor. So that's where my head's at with Chase Daniel playing quarterback. Just muddy it up, run the football, keep the game script positive, and have a chance to win at the end.
3: Yeah, uh, absolutely agree. I don't even know if Donald Parham is officially healthy, so I don't know how many tight ends you can have. If they do activate (laughs) Richard Rodgers, then they would have to sign him after this or not sign him, I guess. Um, So this is kind of it. So we'll see what Donald Parham... I'm positive. I don't know how you felt about watching it all, Stephen. There's something about the run game. The numbers don't look great, but I swear watching it against the Chiefs, it looked better than it was. I didn't even kind of feel that way for the most part against the Raiders unless it was, you know, against Max Crosby. I feel positive about this run game. I almost just feel like there was one thing missing. You know, I had a clip on Twitter where like Xander Horvath just missed his assignment, but that play should have gone for 15 or 20. It's just one dude making that mistake. And then the Chiefs or the Raiders played some pretty solid run defense. So I think they can get it going. Is it great to try to run against like Travon Walker? No, I think that's that's probably very tough. Although if you have, I don't know where he lines up. So I guess it depends on where he lines up and if Pipkins is playing. But I think they can get this run game going. And honestly, I'll be really honest. Yeah, they are limited with Chase Daniel. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know how much is really going to change outside of those long progressing you know bootleg deep shots to mike williams i still think they're kind of i mean what really is the difference right we've said oh stop throwing it short stop throwing it short stop throwing it short because that's all joe lombardi does which i disagree with but i mean that's kind of the game plan so i don't really see how much that changes with chase daniel that said the execution is a whole different story yeah just before alex jumps in um about the run game
1: i think against the raiders it was pretty clearly like Max Crosby just went supernova. Like That that really is as simple as it gets. I thought, for the most part, they have been blocking pretty well. And I I like the design that they're running with. They've added some new wrinkles to the counter game that they had last season, which I was a big fan of. Um, The left side of the offensive line is moving people in outside zone runs. And um, that's kind of where I disagree with the whole Matt Filer is trash and should be benched because he's Mm -hmm. still blocking his ass off in the run game. Um, Like you said, it's just you know, like a miss from Everett here, a miss from Horvath here, a miss from McKitty there, and they're, they're not really running the ball well. And then I I still do feel like Austin Eckler is kind of forcing the issue a little bit too much. So to me, like this is a game where you give Joshua Kelly a lot of run. You know, you give Austin Eckler some, some maybe easier runs, more runs that he's kind of more comfortable with. Maybe you activate Isaiah Spiller this week. I don't know. Like – just mix it up. Just do some different things and, and try and get the run game going because I do feel like they are close to uh, being an effective rushing team. It's just, A, they missed on a par a lot, but they're, it's just like one person here or there is not executing. Sometimes it's the running backs running. Sometimes it's the tight ends blocking or you're playing Max Crosby. So I do feel like the Chargers run game will eventually become like the strength that they thought it would be heading into the season. It's just kind of taking a while to get there.
2: Yeah, um, and adding to that, right, uh, Lindsley's health status kind of Mm -hmm. going into this game, Pipkin's kind of as well, right, that sort of makes you a little bit queasy just about the offensive line in general and trying to establish that run game um, in any way possible. I don't think it's as bad as the numbers have indicated it is i would not have predicted that for through the first two weeks the chargers had would have one 10 plus yard run yeah. um i mean that is kind of a depressing stat so i definitely think that's towards like the extreme of the outcomes that were possible for the chargers here so i do think that they're better than anticipated and, and like you guys said it's Horvath missing a block here mckitty missing a block there um, I just think the uncertainty about whether Parham's playing, we don't really know a whole lot about the Corey Lindsley situation. Um, I just think all of those things combined make me a little bit hesitant to buy the run game, especially when a sure. team like the Jags, if Chase Daniel is indeed the starter, doesn't really have to respect it. Right. Uh, as if, uh, as opposed to if Justin Herbert's playing. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if Chase Daniels playing, I think you just throw shit at a wall and see what sticks. <laughs> um, so I I don't know. I think that's just kind of how you have to do it. it. It sort of reminds me a little bit of when uh, Patrick Mahomes got hurt a couple years ago uh, in 2019, and then they had Matt Moore come in for like two games. Uh, but that Chiefs team was just kind of like rolling on offense and clicking on offense better. And they were like, of course, Memoir is not Patrick Mahomes, but we can just chuck him into this game. Um, if this yeah. was like this Chargers team and how they were rolling on offense last year, I would feel a lot better going into this game with Chase Daniel as the quarterback. But right now, they're just not clicking that same way, even though the offensive numbers kind of are, you know, not bad by any means. So sure. I just would like to see a little bit more consistency from, the run game from the blocking as we said and just some of the concepts of running in general we've talked about personnel usage when it comes to the receivers and stuff like that um i think if you're going to win this game with Chase Daniel all of those things have to be run well in addition to you know muddying it up and just you know trying stuff yeah you you
1: have to have a clean game from the defense you have to have a clean game from the offensive line and that's obviously going to be tough so uh, getting to Corey Lindsay, he, of course, had the knee issue uh, last week. It was reported as knee tendonitis, apparently, um, after the game. And then uh, Brandon Staley hasn't necessarily said that is the case. He does not believe this is a long-term issue. He was pretty uh, mm-hmm. pretty aggressive about you know, yeah. clarifying that this is not a long-term mm-hmm. issue for Corey Lindsay. Um, he did not practice this week at all. I don't think he was on the field um Brandon Staley said yesterday they don't feel like they had to practice they had to have him practice in order to play uh but then they listed him as doubtful so um it doesn't seem like he's going to play it does seem like Trey Pipkins is going to play he technically mm-hmm. is still questionable um but he was limited on practice on Wednesday and Thursday and then was a full participant yesterday in practice so that's a good sign for Trey Pipkins obviously we'll see about Corey Lindsay um i felt like will clap had a good game against the chiefs i felt like he they definitely changed up some things and you kind of when you lose your center right like you have to kind of simplify things on the fly but mm. they they believe in, in will clap's ability to handle things and i feel like generally speaking he was in the right position he was doing a good job helping on chris jones and it could have been much worse than it was as i said on twitter there were like four or five times where uh chris jones beat zion or beat filer but you know, Will Clapp was right there to help. So I feel okay about Will Clapp starting one game. Obviously, I wish it were not against Fullerunzu Fatu in this matchup. <laughs> um, but individually, I feel like Will Clapp is is a good backup. I think he's a capable backup. Um, but they will obviously miss Corey Lindsay in this one
3: if he does not ultimately not play. So just to clarify from the last game, because you watched it more than I did, at least in the in the trenches. What kind of happened then with the avalanche and why things got so like the pass rush? The issue was it just someone beating somebody, and that was basically that. And then also when you talk about simplifying things, because Will Claps in there, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So there um there were
1: times where the Chiefs who you know, obviously um Spagnolo, the thing that he is kind of known for are these simulated pressures. And mm-hmm. these pressures that are ultimately designed to heat the quarterback up, I feel like they unfortunately did a really good job. Um, you know, the play that Justin Herbert got hurt on uh, was a simulated pressure. And uh, Michael Dana was lined up at edge and he kind of looped around, beat Zion, uh, and then ultimately, um, you know, hit Justin Herbert. So they did, they did a good job of, of confusing it and getting Chris Jones one-on-one on the times that they only rushed four. That's where Will Clapp was able to kind of help out and really focus in on Chris Jones. So um, th- it was a very unfortunate combination of a bad Matt filer game, a great Chris Jones game, and a really good game plan from the Chiefs. So um basically they were they were not really able to slide as much as you're able to with Corey Lindsay because you can't okay. they didn't really want to leave Will Clapp one-on-one in that kind of game
0: mm-hmm. with
1: Chris Jones, whereas with Corey Lindsay, you can absolutely do that. So it it was just a it was just a, a combination of things that led to Chris Jones getting schemed up one on one and then just cooking Matt Filer,
3: unfortunately. Okay, gotcha. Thank you. Yeah, no
2: problem. Yeah, um, I, I think Will Clapp can get through another game uh, and you know be good enough as a pass blocker and a run blocker. That's not really my concern, though. It's. I don't know, like just it feels we've talked about it, how the Lindsley thing feels a little bit like the Balaga thing, um, you know, from last year and just tendonitis. And then Staley also saying at the same time that it's not a long term issue. It's like tendinitis doesn't really like go away. There's not like yeah. some magic thing, you know, Corey Lindsley can take to make it go away. Right. So yeah, he
1: also was pretty like uh, this was not related to what was happening in training camp, too. Like he was right. He was aggressively saying like this is this is a new thing. It's mm. not related to what has happened and it's not considered a long-term thing. So it was, it was pretty different Defensive. than what we've seen from Brandon and Staley usually.
2: Yeah. Um, Either that's good or bad. <laughs> not buying what he's selling. This seems like a bigger thing than they're letting on and just all the rest days that they gave him during the off season. I don't believe that this is a new thing personally. Um, but I'm just concerned for you know obviously what that means for this season and and future seasons with Corey Lindsley as a Charger because that to me is the bigger story than one individual game against Jacksonville because mm-hmm. um, it just it doesn't sound good. Yeah. For right now, the the hierarchy for center
3: is Lindsley, Clap, then Hymas, then Salier. Like I said in Discord, I don't know if me knowing who the fourth center is is good or bad. Because that <laughs> means that someone had to think of that on the fly in case someone else got hurt, or maybe it's a serious injury. But I'm I'm a little fascinated what the contingency plan is when Will Clapp is probably a free agent next year, if Lindsley's in his third year. The play hasn't declined. Like he's still an excellent center. Dude, <clears throat> the Raiders game was so good. It was so good. It was so good. He like he's he's still amazing. So there's that. As far as the injury goes, I think the last knee-related issue he had was 2020, like in the middle of the season. So, I mean, obviously, it's not like Belaga's injury history. So, I'm trying to say, like, Belaga had yeah. you know, like two ACL tears and and this and that, and he was and struggling the shoulder
2: and the a foot, before, and... In the
3: back, yeah. So, I mean, Lindsay's had his bumps and bruises. Like, he wasn't an All Pro until 2021. No, 2020. Uh, he was he was an All Pro in 2020 and then Pro Bowler last year. Yeah. So, it did take like there were some injuries that kind of forced oh we lost alex um i'm not as worried about this as i am brian balaga i'll say that much so but so far yeah. like if something happens i don't know but they feel like they he, he doesn't need to practice like he's a freaking all pro he's five best players on the team so they just don't even feel like he needs to practice so him him sitting out was definitely worrisome in training camp but at the same time it's Corey lindsley and then he walked into week one and had a fantastic game so they're yeah. just probably not that worried yeah i mean if anything you feel probably better about will Clapp's
1: experience coming into this game uh, because he has taken a, a vast majority of the reps throughout training camp. He's had a lot of uh, game reps in the preseason. So, um, like I said, I, I think Will Clapp is a capable backup. I think he's fine. They're obviously going to miss like the, the uh, preparation standpoint of... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing at a comment in the chat. Um, they're going to miss... Corey lindsey's brain and they're gonna miss his athleticism right like the the way that you use will Clapp as a run blocker is very different than the way that cory lindsey is going to run block so um they're gonna to have to make some adjustments they've had all week to prepare for that so I, I do expect them to uh you know be able to handle that so moving on to some of the other injuries uh donald parham <laughs> what's up tyler
3: no, we're just 24 minutes in. We're still going through the injury report. It sucks. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, to be fair, we were talking about, like, game plan and execution. Okay, and okay, like that okay. That's um, Chargers Parham, football. Yeah, unfortunately. Hey, man, last year was very healthy, so I guess this is the trade tradeoff. Um, Donald Parham was limited in practice uh, all three days this week. It still feels like he, even though he was listed as questionable, it does feel like he is doubtful to play. It did not really sound like Brandon Saley expects him to play, in my opinion. That's kind of how I interpreted it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Keenan Allen obviously, uh, limited in practice on Wednesday, limited in practice on Thursday, did not practice yesterday. Uh, Staley saying that it was it's basically a 50-50 chance that he plays on Sunday. Um, I guess you kind of take that given you know, the hamstring injury. So similar approach to Justin Herbert, I guess you know he's gonna work out before the game, see how he feels. Um, and if he feels good, they will play him. I kind of feel like it's gonna be like that, that uh, Raiders game in 2020 when he like felt good, he was gonna play and then he ended up playing like 10 snaps or whatever. I don't know if you guys mm, remember that. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of just think
3: that Keenan should get a rest day again, but uh, that's just me. Yeah, w- with the hamstring injury, we've seen how I don't know how bad this offense is, but how much they miss him. yeah and I just I don't know if this is particularly the game. Like, Herbert being out there is is inevitably more important. Keenan Allen is fantastic, but it is it is one game. There's a big season ahead, and I, I feel like they have enough weapons to make it work. Um, I kind of hope he sits this one out, honestly, if he is really 50-50.
2: Yeah, and I mean, hamstring injuries just, in general, I feel like aren't much to play uh, around with. Uh, You know, When Keenan did get hurt like he did in 2020, I'm pretty sure after that Raiders game, he ended up just sitting out the rest of the year anyway. Um, I think there were only like two games left at that point, but I don't remember him coming back. Um, So yeah, I think if he just were to re-aggravate his injury, in in addition to what the Chargers already have on the injury report, it would be bad. And I honestly think they can kind of get by this game without him more so than obviously the Justin Herbert factor um, in terms of trying to get by without him. But um, this goes back to like, how are they going to play your receivers or how they're going to play their receivers if yeah. Keenan Allen doesn't play. Um, and that was a problem against the chiefs where Josh Palmer takes a hundred percent of the snaps. Mike Williams is playing 200% of the snaps and then we have Carter at 65 and then no one else plays. So I don't know um, how they're going to manage it if Keenan plays and if he doesn't play. But either way, uh, either way, I would just like to see a little bit more consistent and uh, even decision making in terms of who is getting those snaps. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, I would love to see it happen this week. I do not expect
1: it to happen, but uh, Michael Mandy should play in this game if there's no Keenan Allen with the way that he is able to get open quickly. And the chemistry that he has with Chase Daniel, again, do not expect it to happen based off of what we know, how this team feels about him. Uh, but that is somebody I would definitely activate if Keenan Allen is not playing. Um, finally, we're getting to our last injury update. Uh, the JC Jackson situation, very strange. Again, Brandon yeah. Staley, very defensive about this. Uh, very vehement in that uh, he did not think that there was a setback. They wanted to treat this week as a rest week after he played on Thursday night. And frankly, he played every snap, which I was pretty surprised at uh, Mm -hmm. going into the game considering how questionable he was. So um, I do not expect J.C. Jackson to play this week. I know that there were a lot of people kind of saying that the Chargers rushed him back. Again, Brandon Stady, very player friendly in Mm -hmm. the last year that we have experienced him. He's not going to rush people back, in my opinion. Um, J.C. clearly thought he was healthy now he's not now he's kind of reacting poorly to the uh injury and playing but apparently again pretty defensively said this was not a setback so uh very strange do not expect him to play this week sounds like he should be fine next week i don't know again i have no idea what's happening here
3: this is the weird like it's been the weird one but it continues to be a weird one like if i'm it's not like the Balaga one but if anyone's weird like that it's this one because okay so he played all the snaps like he was game time decision then he played all of the snaps and now he's it's a rest week but there's no setback but he's doubtful so he's not going to play it's not an injury it's a wound like what happened i don't, I don't know man. <laughs> it's so
1: confusing it's no really,
3: really 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 strange um I don't know anything about, you know, injuries of this nature. I don't know anything about ankle. Injury. He listed as an ankle, by the way. I don't know why not foot. I don't know if that's a different designation than, I don't know what happened there, but uh, yeah, this is a weird one. Thankfully, you know, Kirk is your slot receiver for the Jaguars. And so JC Jackson's probably not going to be involved there much. Anyway, um, all respect to the Jaguars wide receivers. They're not Devonte Adams, obviously. Um, and so I think that they, they're comfortable with the guys they have. Like they do have depth at corner of all the guys that are like the superstars that couldn't miss this game. I think this is like JC's the one that definitely couldn't miss this game. And I'm not saying they wouldn't skip a beat, but they would certainly be fine if he missed this game. So yeah, I think he'll miss the game. The question is what the hell are we doing moving forward? Um, but we'll see. Also shout out my mom. Of course. Thank you for the super sticker. I appreciate it. Love you.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I feel the same way with this one to an even weirder extent that I do with the Corey Lindsley thing where it's like the Corey Lindsley thing, tendonitis isn't going away and it feels like JC just keeps... It's weird because like Tyler said, they communicated that it was a wound, not an injury. He di- totally didn't re-aggravate it, but we have to give him a rest week and he's not going to play. Like, I don't know what his status is like at this point. And it's like, okay, well, he'll be he'll be back for next week. He'll be good next week. It's like all right, well, we've been hearing this for like four weeks now. So I, I I don't know how to really react anymore. uh, Especially when, you know, he had effectively 10 days of rest following the Thursday night game where he did play all the snaps. So I don't know what to think about the JC Jackson thing, but this sounds like it's kind of about to crash into an iceberg. Oh
1: man. That's it's again, just so weird. Like, if he had been limited last week and then this were happening, I'd be like, okay, makes sense. He played every snap, man. Like, he did not come off the field at all. Sure. So I don't I don't get it. As for, like, did the Patriots know about this and, and that's why they didn't bring him back, I think the answer there is no. I don't think anybody knew about this until it kind of flared up in training camp. Um, that's kind of the impression that I got from the way that it was reported about with, like, Ian Rapport mm-hmm. and all of those guys. That could certainly be wrong, but... I think the Patriots letting him walk is more about them just being dumb in the personnel department lately, honestly.
2: Yeah, well, to play devil's advocate to that, though, I mean, when the Chargers did get J.C., we were like, wow, they got him for a bargain. They got him for 15, 16 a year, which was lower than we initially thought. And also the Chargers seemed like they were the only team kind of competing against themselves and like maybe the Raiders like for him at a point. So I did think it was... No, not that we thought this at the time, but looking back with this injury now, his market being as, as quiet as it was might not be as surprising as it was at the time. I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I think for this one, although it keeps being a wait and see for me
3: with this, if he's back next week, plays the rest of the season, won't care. Like maybe just shit happened and he missed this week and then it just didn't respond. Maybe yeah. the the wound is you know is exploding in the middle of the field, <laughs> you know when he got beat by that touchdown, although it wasn't his fault. Maybe it just his foot exploded. I don't know. Like I really don't know. That's the thing. We can speculate, you know, this or that. But um, we'll see if they show me that he's on the field and it really was just a rest week. Like, okay, came back too soon, forced it against a division opponent on a short week. Like he went out there, but it was probably too early. But he'll be back the rest of the year. Then fine. Like I, I shit happens, I guess. But. If it continues to be a lingering issue, then yeah, we can revisit the whole contract and why he was there for uh, much less than we expected, for sure. Yeah.
1: All right, thirty-two minutes in, we finished our <laughs> interview discussion. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, I do like. I think this Charger secondary will be fine. Like I said, I think Bryce yeah. Callahan will be able to handle the Christian Kirk responsibility this week. Sonic Salmon Jr. and Michael Davis, we've seen them play well. And uh, I expect the Chargers secondary to play well this week, even without J.C. Jackson.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. By saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Um, all right, let's get to our weekly picks segment. Um
2: Do we want to do the Chargers one last or first? Um la- yeah,
1: we'll do last. last. Sounds good. <laughs> um I think it's my turn to go first. Is that correct?
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. So I'm going to pick my favorite of the week first. Let me make sure. Okay. Um, oh my goodness. Wow. That's a surprising line. Okay. All right. Where was the team that I was picking? Okay. For my favorite of the week, I am going with the Ravens over the Patriots. I think they'll bounce back after uh, blowing a big game against the Dolphins last week.
2: Apologies for that being. I think Alex is next. Okay, uh, I'm gonna ride with the Buffalo Bills again as a favorite, uh, like I did against the Titans last week. And know they're playing the Tua Dolphins, uh, and after the Ravens game last week, all the hype is kind of on uh, Tua, and I think the line's only three and a half, um, which kind of surprises me. But um, I just think the Bills are, even with the loss of Mike Hyde, I think that offense is just running at such a high level that I don't think the Dolphins possess the tools uh, necessary to keep up at this point. So I'm going to go with the Bills over the Dolphins. Uh, it's four and a half, according to uh, four and a half. Oh, I was looking at Vegas insider. Um, so I might have slightly different ones, but yeah.
1: Alrighty. Um, and, uh, Tyler, appreciate you uh, doing the sheet on the fly, by the way
3: yeah all of a sudden i'm like oh crap i gotta start doing this (laughs) okay um i'm gonna take the chiefs over the colts i don't know why oh yeah yeah. but um that was a smart Yeah, kansas city looks like a team that is good and the colts look like a team that is bad so yeah uh, i'm gonna go with that one that feels good yeah that's a good one
1: i consider taking them as well um all right underdog of the week let's see who do i want to choose here you know what i uh Oh, no. I have been high on this team all all offseason long eh, relative to who they have been, right? Okay. I'm taking the Lions over the Vikings. Uh, like uh, the Lions are know. absolutely just steamrolling so folks screwed. in the run. Right oh, no. um, Steven, they Steven
2: are... you don't want to experience 1 p.m. at home for <laughs> Cousins. That, that dude's elite. He can't play 8 p.m. in Philly, but 1 p.m. in Minnesota, he's got it. <laughs> hey, man, DeAndre Smith is averaging 10 fucking yards a carry right now.
1: Uh, and the Minnesota Vikings cannot stop the run. Uh, so I'm taking the Lions, man. I'm a, I'm a believer in Dan Campbell. The NFC is a mess. I think the Lions make the playoffs, and I'm picking them to win the Viking win over the Vikings this
3: week. See, I would totally agree with you, and I considered it, but I think last year I got flamed by the Lions like three different times, <laughs> so they're just not gonna be. I'm not going to pick them anymore. I definitely Mm -hmm. would
1: pick the Lions to cover because the line is Vikings minus six, which I don't understand why Mm -hmm. it's that many points. Um, But I obviously think uh, the Lions are
2: going to win outright. All right. Uh, Underdog, I'm going to go with... uh... Slipping Jimmy and the Niners uh, beating the Broncos uh, plus two and a half. I think they get the win there. Uh, just have not been impressed by anything the Broncos have done. Think uh, Jimmy Juice Aren't capable. are the Niners favored? I think mm. they're favored. They're favored. I'm yeah. seeing Broncos minus two and a half. Oh, well,
3: yesterday they were fair. <laughs> oh, well, let's
2: double, let's get a review on
1: that one. Okay, wait. Let me uh, my... Caesars has Caesars has Niners minus one point five all righty i'll pick another just, game mo- just move them down to the either or and then pick a different underdog
2: okay fine um unless you want to pick a different either or yeah or that i'll move the niners down to the either or um, Niners
1: over the broncos yes broncos.
2: uh all
1: right <laughs> so we'll move to tyler's next pick move to tyler's next pick and then we'll come back to you
3: okay pick the underdog okay yeah um, god help me. So, hmm, lines over bills was kind of fun. Oh, god, I, no, see, I can't pick a freaking NFC team. Uh, Packers over Bucks is definitely tempting, but I don't believe that'll happen out of Lambeau. Um, Cardinals over Rams could be interesting. I'm probably going to hate this one, but I feel like at some point, the what I assume is the better coach team should win. At some point, this is a horrible. I'm, I'm sorry, Arjun, I'm disappointing you here. I'm going to go with Tennessee over the Josh Jacobs list Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. The Hunter Renfro's not playing either. Oh, well, because he fumbled 32 times. Uh, Concussion. But yeah. Oh, never mind. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Jesus.
1: (laughs) Okay, Alex, now do your underdog pick. he just leaves.
2: <laughs> oh my god. That was like that was almost as bad as the killing Andy Reed last year. Um <laughs> All right. Um I'm going to do one that I know I'm going to regret. Love it. The Bucks look out of sorts. I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers and the Packers over the Bucks. Oh, I'm going to eat shit on this one so bad. I already know it. But uh, I, I think Green Bay starts to get on a little bit of a hot streak here. Yeah, that's a very interesting uh, styles make
1: fights kind of game because the Packers are just running the shit out of the ball right now. And obviously, that's what the Buccaneers do great on defense. So should be funny. Mm-hmm. Um, all right,
3: Tyler, we'll get your last pick here. And then I'll do mine. I. Hmm. Yeah, okay, I'll go with it. I'm going to go with the, uh, the Eagles over. Wait, what do they know? What is their abbreviation? What's their uh, abbreviation? I guess uh, are they not the whoops anymore? Yeah, I just do wash. Yeah. Yeah, I actually don't even know what their
2: abbreviation is anymore. No. Uh, yeah, I'll go with the Eagles <laughs> over the
3: Commanders.
1: Mm. No Carson Wentz revenge game? Fuck Carson Wentz. He's not getting the <laughs> revenge game. <laughs> Let's Great Cox fantasy. on him. Oh, man. Uh, gonna be a rough week for uh, former Philadelphia athletes
2: what who's who's the other one? Ben Simmons who you've been roasting oh. all week long. Oh, yeah, eh, podcast boy. Yeah,
1: that's the one. All right, um who was I going to pick? I totally forgot. Oh yeah, uh I'm going to go with the Bengals over the Jets for my last pick. I think the Bengals will uh figure out how to throw the ball against cover 2 for the first time in their <laughs> life. It's been the weirdest thing. Like, I think they're uh protection plan is is suspect but they just they can't throw the ball against cover Two, which is the weirdest thing yeah Cincinnati um, facing the backup quarterback what could possibly go wrong of the Jets <laughs> yeah I mean we'll see I, I think they'll uh they'll figure it out and um the yardage, all right so the yardage passer Joe Flacco
2: top three
3: is he really yeah yeah he is Flacco to uh really
2: uh good. and and uh <laughs> Was is it Flacco 2 and someone else that's weird? Arjun says, if the Bengals lose on Sunday, I'll be insufferable
1: <laughs> on the road
3: <laughs> Oh, man. Alrighty. Charger scores. Uh, Jack H. asking about
1: Jermaine Johnson uh, has not been great, unfortunately. But we'll see how that goes. He's not really playing. I think he's kind of a backup at this point. Which you traded up for a backup. Love that. Um all right, Chargers score. We're going to do two scores. One for if Justin Herbert plays, one if Chase Daniel is the starter. Uh if Justin Herbert plays, I'm taking the Chargers uh 23 to 17 over the Jaguars. So, low scoring, closer game. Uh but I do think Justin Herbert if he plays, obviously will have enough to uh get them over the hump. Uh if Chase Daniel plays, I think the Jaguars win 20 to 17. God. <laughs>
3: 178.
2: Uh, <not> good. <laughs> um, yeah, I have similar sentiments If Justin Herbert plays and he's at least 50 to 75% kind of a wide range. I think they win that game. And I'm going to say that they score the amount of points they've scored all season and win 24-23 in a close one over the Jaguars if Herbert plays. Uh, if Herbert doesn't play, I think they lose 27-20. to
1: Someone said 35-10 to 10 if Herbert plays. I uh, cannot agree there.
3: It's possible, I guess. Wow, okay. All right, uh yeah. So if they if Herbert plays, okay, I'm going to assume that Lindsley's not playing, Pipkins is playing, Herbert plays, Parham doesn't play, but Allen does, or one of those yeah. guys plays. That's a lot. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Just leave me alone. Uh I'll win. I do believe they win because they do have the defense. Um it's a good defense. Like the Chargers have a good defense with or without yeah. JC Jackson, so I feel pretty good about it. Um, I'll go. 26. I don't think oh. numbers you guys. Oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I believe in this offense this week. By uh, two more points. A... <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: Yeah, okay, that's
3: pretty good. One less rib, two more 26, points. 26-21. Yeah. Yeah, it's really ugly. I think the line is what three and a half currently. So uh whatever. Uh the Daniel score. If Chase Daniel plays. Oh fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a three-point difference, baby. <laughs>
1: just doing basic math. I see you. I see you. <laughs> hey, man. I
3: think they can pull it off. I think they're like, just the Colts can't win in Jacksonville. It's just cursed. Whatever. I think that the Chargers are fine. If Even if Chase Daniel plays. I'm not saying Daniel is three points you know, under Justin Herbert. But I think that, you know, some things happen here and there. And maybe, uh, you know, Asante Samuel Jr. capitalizes on INT, gets some easy kicks. Maybe DeAndre Carter finally gets a fucking pass thrown his way. Uh, maybe Jalen Guyton is involved at some point. So, yeah, twenty three twenty one. I definitely see a way forward for them
1: winning. Like, uh, I think they can still win. I mean, Cooper Rush led a victory against the Cincinnati Bengals with the Cowboys. And the Cowboys are mostly trash outside of CD Lamb on offense. So, We'll see I, if the Chargers defense plays as well as we think they can, then the Chargers absolutely have a chance to win. I just think I don't know if I trust Chase Daniel to like go win a game winning drive, you know what I mean? So we'll see. I, I do expect this to be a close game almost regardless, though.
2: Yeah, um, I think they're capable of winning a game with Chase Daniel, but I just don't think the optimal conditions are there, right? Like, how many things have we said this podcast are like. 50-50 on Corey Lindsley, on yeah. uh, Keenan Allen, on... You know, Trey Pipkins is a little bit better than 50-50, obviously, but then there's the JC Jackson thing. How is he going to play if he does play at all? Um, and then you get to the fact that they haven't started the running game really much at all this year heading into this game where if you do start Chase Daniel, you will would need a better running game than what you've got in the first two weeks. Um, so I don't know. Like I just think there's a lot of variables that are undecided for the Chargers that if everything goes perfectly, Chase Daniel could win that game against this particular Jaguars team. But it's just too many things that need to happen or too many dominoes that need to fall for me. Yeah, in terms of you know the the points the Jaguars
1: are potentially scoring here, I mean, Derek Carr threw three bad interceptions against the Chargers. Like the Chargers make good plays. They were not lucky interceptions, mm-hmm. but I would be pretty surprised if the Chargers get three picks force two other fumbles and get six sacks against the Jaguars on Sunday.
3: It's going to be a good one. If I don't know how I feel if every single person is out, like if we have no (laughs) Arham, Herbert, Lindsley, Allen, even Pipkins,
2: like that's a lot. That's a lot. I feel differently,
3: but I feel like (laughs) enough guys will show up.
2: Advanced analytics, Doug Peterson, three and O in Los Angeles.
1: Is he really? Yes. That's not surprising, I guess.
2: Yeah. So he was a he was a coach
3: when Wentz and yeah the Wentz, and, um, the Wentz MVP game. Like Garrett
2: Blount beat yeah, yeah the
3: Chargers it's at Stubhub.
2: I was there for that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the and then yeah, the well, the Rams Wentz game where Wentz towards ACL and then I don't I don't really remember what the other one is, actually. I would assume it was also against had to be against the Rams again, probably, but I don't remember. <laughs> Well.
3: Gonna get a win. You know why? Because Steven hasn't seen a loss at Sofi ever,
2: I think. Ooh.
3: Is that correct? Browns. Uh, that is
1: incorrect. I was at the Patriots game last year.
2: Oh.
1: It was your fault. Okay. <laughs> and the Cowboys. Oh god. Oh. <laughs> I'm changing my score. <laughs> no, 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 no. no, no. Cuz I saw I saw a bunch of wins when the Chargers were at StubHub and then I was at the Browns game last year too mm.
2: so Stephen attends
1: <laughs> i think it's like uh i think the chargers have won like 60 percent of the games that i've attended so it's not i mean it's not like i go to a ton of wins Jesus but 30, 30, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god about <laughs> uh so yes i am attending for those who were uh, asking about that earlier uh brooke and i will be in section 331 so come say hi all we right, we'll a take. Category,
2: uh, can we make a category of Stephen attends and he makes a sacrifice to the gods to eat the cheeseburger sub? Um, okay, if he does, if yeah, he I, does I, that, exactly. then yeah, I think the good. Chargers win two hundred forty-five to three. Even <laughs> and, and makes burger yeast, sacrifice. Yeast, uh, burger, <laughs> uh,
1: so fire burger. Okay, well, I I will gladly take this bullet if it means uh, that Justin Herbert plays on Sunday. So, uh, if I have to eat the burger sub in order for Justin Herbert to play, I will gladly fall on that sword.
3: There we go. Two big men
1: TDs? Yes! Dude, if Rashawn Slater scores a touchdown, I'm going so high, man. You're
3: going to run home. I would lose my shit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I would run the three hours home. Let's go. (laughs) Oh, man oh my goodness okay we'll take about uh 10 minutes of questions uh for you guys before we head out for today so uh if you've been dying to know about uh how a certain player is doing or or whatever the case may be uh feel free to hit us up now obviously any super chats are appreciated
3: real quick shout out to my dad of course good luck to your raiders this week uh i know people can't stand that i sometimes will root for the raiders because my dad likes the team but uh, yeah, good good luck to you guys. I obviously picked against you, though, for the upset, so we'll see. <laughs> Wait, were they really playing this week, the Titans? Titans. Titans. In two zero two 0 national right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think Denzel Perryman also not playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> NSN, question one. Will Jalen Guyton see the field? Uh, if Keenan Allen
3: plays, no. If he doesn't? Yes, probably. It was incredible. DeAndre Carter did not see an offensive snap until Keenan Allen got hurt against the Raiders, which, like, I guess that's not the craziest thing. Like, you have Keenan, you have Mike, you have Palmer, you have Guyton, you have your tight ends, I guess, but like, he literally was not involved until Keenan Allen went down, so yeah, if, if Keenan Allen is back, and assuming everybody else is healthy, like, two, what what did Guyton have last week? Six snaps? I think maybe it was two 80, routes, and it, yeah, was, it was like, Five blocking snaps, and he yeah. He's a good run blocker, Jalen Knight's a heck of a run blocker, won't get you much for comp picks yeah, the following year, but yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know what the problem is, but it's no surprise that you can't get as many deep shots as you want without a deep threat. It's amazing how that works,
2: yeah. Uh, I feel like the answer to this has to be no until we see otherwise, right? I mean, especially if Keenan Allen's back, that. like Tyler said, questions of if DeAndre Carter would even see the field or not based Mm -hmm. on how they played that first Raiders game. Uh, And they ran with Keenan Palmer and Mike. And that was pretty much their rotation. So I think that Carter has done enough to earn snaps, uh, even if Keenan Allen comes back. But then, okay, are you splitting it between four receivers then? And then what does that mean for Jalen Guyton? So until I see more from what the coaching staff, you know, has indicated... Probably not. And then if Chase Daniel plays, I mean, you're probably not taking like a ton of deep shots. Um, So probably stays the same or maybe slightly increases from last week.
1: Yeah. I think it was uh, Doug Kaya had pointed this out that um, Justin Herbert's attempts past 20 yards have actually increased. Like the frequency in which he is attempting them have increased by like 0.8%. Let's go. Um, the issue is that the intermediate attempts are have been decreasing by like twenty percent. So mm-hmm. it's been a ton of short and behind the line of scrimmage throws for Justin Herbert more so than usual. So I think the Chargers' offense will ultimately be fine once Justin Herbert gets onto the field, once Keenan Allen gets onto the field. Um, but yeah, I think that they just haven't been able to get on a roll, which it's frustrating because they brought basically everybody back except for. Zion and and Gerald Everett, everybody else has been on this team, obviously DeAndre Carter. So um, you would have thought that they'd be more in a groove at this point than they have been. Um, This was a good point by Andrew earlier. Uh, He said games like this is where coaches prove their worth. The best coaches, coordinators in the league are still able to perform in situations like these. That's absolutely a great point, right? Like I think we have seen um, other situations, you know, where the, the offensive Issues have hindered them, and the defense has been able to step up, right? Like I mentioned the Dallas game earlier. I thought the Dallas defense played an incredible game against the Bengals when they were starting Cooper Rush last week. So, um, like I said, I expect the defense to play well. I expect them to handle their business and keep the score within reach. I just don't know how much I trust the offense to uh, figure it out and win a game without Justin Herbert.
2: Right, and I, I think this is a really big coaching game, you know, for Brandon Staley coming into this one. Um, and we've seen coaches who've been able to win with backup quarterbacks, right? Uh, I mentioned Andy Reid a couple years ago when Mahomes got hurt. Uh, you have, like, the infamous brady deflate gate suspension where Garoppolo and uh, Jacoby Brissett, uh, you know, coming in and out, right? So the Patriots won all of the games, like, in that stretch, I, if I remember correctly. So, um, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I do think this is a big week where you have a beatable team in the Jaguars, not a team that you should overlook by any means, But a beatable team, even if Chase Daniel does play that, you know, you just have to kind of figure things out uh, on the fly.
3: Yeah, I'm looking more for what Stephen was pointing out in the last episode, which was other guys got to step up too. like, sure, you can coordinate all you want. But if Trey McKinney blows that block Horvath blows that block, if Filer doesn't show up, then we don't like there's no offense. I don't care who the signal caller is. It's going to be a little bit more difficult. So I think they can absolutely do it with Chase Daniel. But other guys have to step up too. Like someone someone else needs to be exceptional this week. That's that's typically always Justin Herbert and maybe Keenan or sometimes Mike Williams last week. Sure, they need someone else to be, or, or really, especially if it's Chase Daniel, five guys to just have insanely good games for them on offense. Yeah, and you know we've kind of talked about this
1: a bit. Like the certain receivers and the quarterbacks have just not really been on the same page. And you're, you're talking about mostly Josh Palmer. I feel like. This is a big game for Palmer, man. Like, I think if you see another game of DeAndre Carter outproducing Josh Palmer, like, I understand certain people are already calling for this to happen. But if we see DeAndre Carter again be significantly better and more explosive than Josh Palmer, like, I think we can start to have that conversation more seriously about DeAndre Carter taking on that wide receiver, wide receiver three spot for away from Palmer. I don't know, Alex, is probably already having that conversation. <laughs> yeah, you were like, certain people. I'm
2: like, I'm fucking certain people. But um, I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I've already been having that conversation. But I, I just think this is a week where if you want to see Josh Palmer have a big game if, um, if he is to, you know, retain that wide receiver three role and everything he can do there. Otherwise, I, you know, wouldn't be surprised with how glowingly the coaching staff has talked about DeAndre Carter. Um, if that kind of like starts to change, but I, I think they'll kind of let the current dynamic play out for a few weeks. Sure. Um, Jorge Rodriguez asking biggest concern against the
3: Jaguars besides Herbert not playing?
0: Um,
3: I still am not entirely sold on the Chargers' run defense just yet. I feel like teams get away from it because maybe the Chargers score just enough or get a bit of a lead. Um, but the Chiefs went out and just mollywopped the Chargers down the field in the opening drive, and then they had to get away from it. But I'm a little worried. I, I, I want to see the Jaguars have like a great rushing attack. But I think Robinson's solid, Etienne solid, Lawrence. I'm pretty sure can move. So I that's kind of what I'm worried about the most. Um, it's not. Really, it's obviously not their pass defense. I feel good about that in the rush, but I want to see the run defense be a bit better than they were to open the series against the Chiefs last week.
2: Um. I'm going to go with Corey Lindsley, not in the sense of like, I think he's like the most, I, I think he's the most crucial non Herbert player in this game. That's kind of a you know question mark as to whether he'll play or not. Cause like Steven said, yeah. JC Jackson might play, he might not. But, you know, if you have Christian Kirk, who's primarily going to line up in the slot, then you have Royce Callahan to deal with that. So that's sort of fine. Right. If Keenan Allen isn't playing this game, I'm at least pretty confident in the three or four guys that they're going to roll out. Um, if Lindsley doesn't play and, you know, this is a sustained thing throughout the season uh, with the tendonitis, or you have to make a switch mid game, like they had two against the the chiefs last week. I just think that could potentially throw things into chaos, even if you do believe in will clap. And I, I think we all generally do. Um, I, I think he's kind of the most significant one. If if he's not able to play this game on, you know, 10 days rest with the tendonitis condition, that spells, you know, long-term troubles and, uh, you know, communication's obviously worse when Lindsley's not in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, that's uh, that's definitely the big concern, how the Chargers are able to keep whoever is quarterback upright in this game because I think the the Jaguars defensive coordinator and spagnola for the Chiefs are pretty similar in the sense where they're going to do a lot of simulated pressures. They're going to bring some blitzes. They're going to do a lot of stunts in games. Um, You know, there was, uh, I think it was in the first game, Trayvon Walker's first sack, he started uh, against the left tackle and then basically looped like all the way to the opposite B gap on this stunt. So they had three guys all slanting to the right and then Trayvon Walker looped around behind them and that's how he got Carson Wentz. And they're going to do things like that to try and confuse this Chargers offensive line. So uh, they have to be ready for it. And, you know, if you don't have Corey Lindsley, like I said, I feel like Will Clapp is a capable backpack, but as a communication standpoint, you know, you're obviously losing a lot without Corey Lindsay in there. So um, that's going to be an important one. Um, something we haven't talked about in a while is the Chargers third-round pick, at least in terms of how he's doing in his development. Um, Egregious Monk said, hopefully JT Woods starts progressing well and elevates Staley's scheme to spooky levels. So, yeah. Um, Ronaldo Hill was asked about this this week and why JT was not been on the field. And I thought uh, this was obviously a good time to bring it up. So um, Ronaldo says that they still have confidence in his ability to play within the defense, that basically he has been inactive because of special teams duty. They don't feel like he's a better special teams player than the guys that they have been rolling with, which is obviously uh, Dean Leonard, Jesse or Taylor uh Kimon hall. Hasn't been active, but, That kind of player. Yeah. It it sounds to me like they're essentially giving him the Trey McKitty treatment from last year where they're not going to put JT Woods out there on the field until they are more comfortable with his development, specifically on defense. So um, obviously in the first game without JC Jackson, they rolled with the five corners and um, the four safeties, JT Woods was active that day, didn't really play on defense. Last week, they rolled with six corners, three safeties. So we'll see what happens here. But it it sounds like they're going to kind of be very patient with him until they feel like he is officially ready.
3: Yeah, and it's working. I'm not saying that that makes the pick good. But (laughs) like Alohi Gilman, have we seen him get dusted? Is the game plan not working because Alohi Gilman's in there? No, everything seems to be going just fine overall. So a couple of rough moments from Nasir Adderley last week, actually, especially on... You know, combining yeah. downhill for the J.C. touchdown, and then was absolutely lost on that long run that set up the the field goal that put the Chiefs officially ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I mean, J.T. Woods, like, it, it's 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 unfortunate. Like, I don't know how you're not a better special teamer than someone like Dean Leonard. Uh, Justio Taylor's been fantastic. So that you like do not take him off the field. Yeah, he's been great on special teams. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely disappointing. But like you said, the Trey McKinney treatment, same and kind of a Josh Palmer treatment. He was out there, but he didn't really get involved until the Philly game or something like that. Like they had one long pass yeah. against the, the Patriots in week seven, but that was a last ditch effort. And I think it's like his first target of the game. Um, just, you know, I'll, I'll be patient with him for now. But I mean, and they can be like right now, to his credit, I think Aloha Gilman's been playing fine. Like I, I don't see any reason to take him off the field. Um, my. Official question will be: What happens with is Mark Webb healthy? Is he officially healthy? Do we know? Uh, no idea. Okay, I'm just curious
2: what happens at that particular point. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope that JT Woods kind of progresses well to the point where they could feel comfortable playing him in a game. I just think the Chargers have been conservative on that for a while. Like you know, we even mentioned with Josh Palmer last year. Um. I, I think that they're fine with what they have now and then, you know, maybe mid-season if there is some kind of injury in the safety room or something else happens, then at that point maybe they feel a little bit more comfortable playing JT Woods. But I think it largely stays the same throughout the season, assuming that everyone's healthy and then you probably get kind of a JT Woods injection into this defense next year. Yeah,
1: I mean obviously we hope that we see more of him this year, but right. we'll see. Um, are you guys caught up on the all in episodes? Not the latest one. No, no. Okay. Then I will not uh, reality check had an interesting question here, uh, but I want to let you guys watch the topic in question before we discuss it. Cause I do think it's, it's an interesting point to uh, touch on. Um, so it's this one. So um, all In episode, this past game leading up to the Raiders game, Brandon Staley, you know, was doing his meeting in front of everybody, and compare was sounded like he was trying to compare what their approach on offense is to what the Warriors do on offense in the NBA, which is basically like shoot a shit ton of threes and then get a shit ton of layups, which <laughs> I, I thought was really interesting because I was like. <sighs> But, like, how, like, what, are, what are we trying yeah. to say here coach are we trying to say that yeah. you're trying to throw the ball downfield a shit ton and then only take the layups and the mid-range if you will of the football field is just like non-existent for you um i mean we can react to this obviously it sounds like we're going to um but <laughs> I, you guys should definitely watch this because i was like i don't know how i feel about this approach coach i, yeah. I don't know if i like this the way that you're uh, explaining this
2: um well i don't like the way he's explaining it because it doesn't make any sense <laughs> um like if you're talking about the warriors taking threes like the whole thing is they take 30 or 40 threes a game and they're like that you know they're just that efficient on offense to the point where they can do that like the chargers aren't taking like a set amount of like deep shots every game right like to the to, to the extent of the golden state warriors shooting three-pointers <laughs> um and i mean like I don't know that we we have been talking about how Joe Lombardi has been running like less efficient route concepts. So like in a way, I get what Brandon Staley was trying to say, but also like I don't know. Don't compare yourself to the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely curious
3: how much of any say uh, Staley has on on the current offense because it's basically the same scheme. Like I'm not seeing they've added some wrinkles, but I'm not seeing a whole lot different. But yeah. the difference is in personnel. It does seem like they're mm-hmm. trying to make like. We talked about this on Tuesday. We have a really good defense. Let's be efficient. Let's play. I, I know they're using bigger receivers, so I don't know if that really fits with Steph Curry and the Warriors. But they seem to want this ball control possession, you know, safe offense to work with their defense. And yeah, if they're if they're taking less risks um, because Stealie has some sort of yeah. influence over the overall philosophy of the team, you know, m- yeah. maybe like consider. I'm gonna maybe start considering that there's more than just Lombardi because again, like for some reason, the deep ball guy keeps getting taken away from this team. And I'm sure Lombardi's not like, I don't want a deep ball guy. Let's 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 use bigger, slower guys. And so I don't know something to monitor. I'll have to watch it and see what the context was.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would have to watch it and see what the context was as well, but just like from what he's saying and and like Tyler kind of established, like the worst whole thing is whether or not it works. Like, I mean, Steph can have a bad shooting night. Clay can have a bad shooting night, whatever. Like, they're going to take the same amount of threes every game regardless. And meanwhile, the Chargers are like, oh, well, against the Chiefs, we'll punt at fourth and three in enemy territory. Like, so that doesn't quite line up for me in terms of playing with the aggression and the efficiency of the Golden State Warriors.
1: Yeah, and, you know, the, like, it, the whole thing that he's aiming for, it sounds like, is efficiency, right? But it's like, that doesn't mean you lose, you know, who you are as an identity on the football field, like... I don't know. I, I've been very critical of like the fourth down approach, and and I have said that that does affect the way that they call plays. So, um, I don't know. It, it's been weird vibes from Brandon Staley regarding the offense this year. I, I think the defense is doing yeah. awesome things. I love the way that mm-hmm. they have been playing defense and designing uh, pressure looks and things like that. But the way that they're approaching offense, man, it just it doesn't make sense to me mm-hmm. from what we saw last year. Like. If, this, if these things were happening last year, I would have been like, okay, like they're just trying to work some kinks out. They're trying to figure out who they are. But we saw what they wanted to do last year on offense with the fourth downs, with the aggressive mentality. And then this year has just been a complete disconnect from what we have heard from Staley and what we have seen on the football yeah. field. I, so, I also just
2: wonder when we talk about the fourth down stuff specifically, how much of it has through the first two weeks been about the coaches he's going against a little bit right andy reed has more traditionally been a very conservative um coach when it comes to fourth downs i'm very curious to see how he coaches this week against doug peterson who is not conservative on fourth downs at all he'll go for it when it's fourth and eight and he shouldn't go for it at all um so i'm very curious to see how the opposing coaching style uh, of the doug peterson or just all the coaches the chargers play throughout the rest of the year um, affect Staley's attitude on, you know, going for it on fourth down or not. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to use this as an
3: excuse, but like LDE Bruin talked about, you know, Steven talked about the fourth down decisions gives Lombardi less options to open up the game. I don't want to use that as an excuse for Lombardi on downs one to three, but I still think that was like last year. They against the Raiders third down didn't work immediately rolled out a play where Jared Cook was the right tackle and went right to him first down. Boom, like they had that ready to go mm-hmm. against the Bengals. You know, we have a Philly special ready to go like now, it'd be cool if you call those plays on, you know, first, second, and third down too, but like that was part of what they were kind of planning on. So if you take that away, I'm curious what the communication is but like leading up to the week, you know, or do they know ahead of time that that's kind of the style they're going to go with or is it in-game situational? I'm really curious to see what, I guess we'll never know, but what the difference has been between last year and this year.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but you know, we have that article from Daniel Popper, who kind of, you know, explained their whole approach last season was basically if you can get to like third and three, third and four, and you don't get it, if you have a fourth and manageable, they were going to go for it. Like that was their approach is that, and that's how they approach calling plays, right? Like Joe Lombardi knows that if he can get to fourth and three or better, they're going for it. And, you know, I used that example last week of, you know, when they get to third and one, In Chiefs territory, and they call that deep, uh, that play action, deep shot play. You only make that play call if you know you're going for it on fourth down as an offensive coordinator. So I don't think it's an excuse for Joe Lombardi by any means, but it absolutely is affecting the way that he calls plays. And, um, I just Brandon Sadie is involved on offense. We, we know this. He's talked about it. Justin Herbert has talked about it. I don't know if this is his influence, but to me, like, they've talked all offseason and in the all-in series and everything about having a dominant mentality and being able to come out and and dominate opposing teams and I, their approach on offense tells me that they don't want to dominate it tells me that they don't want to lose the game because of offense so it's just it's it's disconnected from what they have been saying and what they did last year so there we go all right, that's gonna do it for us today.
2: Um, Alex, final thoughts before we head out today. Uh, hope the Chargers win tomorrow. And we have a happy podcast because, uh, if it's me, Tyler, and Arjun, and we lose to the Jaguars, um, <laughs> I, I don't know how many viewers we're gonna get, but uh, it'll be okay either way. But I hope the Chargers win the game. <laughs>
3: Tyler, Me too. Time. I also hope the Chargers win the game because uh, I uh, will. I pick the Chargers to beat the Texans next week if the same kind of players are available. <laughs> I don't know. Guess we'll find out. Um, But I, I'm slightly confident, or more confident, I guess, that they'll get this done. Whoever the quarterback is, I think that this team should be talented enough to get it done. But we'll see.
1: Yeah, there's there's a pathway for this team to win this game for sure. Um, I will be attending the game tomorrow, so if you are there. Feel free to come up and say hello. I always appreciate that. So I am driving down and back the same day from Fresno. So I will not be uh, participating in the podcast tomorrow. Like Alex said, it's going to be these two plus Arjun. Uh, We'll let you know exactly what time that is going to happen after the three of them. Uh, get on the same page so um should be fun I guess uh, if you're if you're a fan of defense if you're a fan of defensive football you will have a fun game tomorrow I yeah. will say that the Jaguars Chargers both doing some really good things on defense
2: man I get to watch two straight days of Big Ten football Rutgers <laughs> Iowa tomorrow and
1: Chargers Jags <laughs> oh man should be fun I guess uh, I you know we'll see but I am excited about the way this defense is playing I think ultimately you know it will obviously kind of weigh itself out throughout the season for the Chargers so uh yeah that's gonna do it for us today as always if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast please leave a rating or review if you're watching on YouTube make sure to like the video subscribe turn those notifications on we're gonna have uh lots of good stuff uh coming over the next few weeks have Tyler and I will have a, a certain announcement that we'll make on Monday uh that should be uh something that everybody enjoys. So we'll, we'll stay tuned for that one. Um, (laughs) Or you hate it or (laughs) you'll hate it, but I know, you know, it's going to impact the way that certain people watch the games. So it should be fun. All right. That's going to do it Uh, as always bolt up. And we'll see you guys later.
3: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you.